This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Right up on Free FM, Hour FM, and MPR. As always, I'm Grady and live on Skype. We got Josh. Hey. Uh, this weekend, coming up or this Monday, if you are in New Zealand, we have WWE Extreme Rules. Uh, at the moment, as of time of recording, which is before SmackDown, we have six matches announced. We will speculate a little bit about those matches uh, and possible other matches that could be added to the card and then. Uh, after our song, we'll probably take a quick look over at NXT. Um, but let's start it off with these six matches. We do have four extreme rules, and I'm just going to start at the bottom of the card. Liv Morgan taking on Carmella. Liv's got to win, right? Right? <laughs> How many times do we say that? I feel like we're constantly saying, Liv's got to win. Uh, that's kind of why we right? Right? Um, yeah, I don't see much... In that they're going to be doing for Carmella here, so yeah, Liv getting a, a win would definitely be a, a good, at least a good mo- momentum for uh, her uh, going forward. Especially since her storyline with Sonya Deville seems to be taken by another star <laughs> potentially. Yeah, it was so weird, right? Like, Liv Morgan was actually building momentum, you know, earned her way into the Money in the Bank after multiple sort of proving herself uh, matches. Um, and now she just sort of seems like she fell to the wayside afterwards and is in what is probably an inconsequential match with Carmella that will probably get bumped to the pre-show, if I'm being entirely honest. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, and that sucks. Like she, she was doing so well, um, with what they'd given her. And then as you say, seems like she's not even feuding with Sonya anymore. Or I guess pseudo feuding, uh, if Sonya isn't going to be stepping back into the ring. Um, and we might as well just stick in the SmackDown women's division while we're, while we're talking about it, right? And the, the championship match that we will see at Extreme Rules is Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. I think this match goes about, 10, 15 minutes. Longer than the last I, one. It almost has to. <laughs> um, yeah, this should be a very interesting match. I don't see Bianca regaining the title here. Um, and, but I do I do think it'll be very, like, this will be like her way of getting over it despite a loss. Because... Becky is like the top person when you're not named Charlotte Flair in the company. So losing to Becky won't really hurt Bianca that much. As long as it's not in three seconds again. Yeah. Um, I think, though, the reason I've mentioned Sonya previously is because it sounds like they're transferring that storyline that they were doing for Liv to potentially Naomi 
as part of the um, Bloodline storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the SmackDown so, Women's Division has a lot of different ways it can go at the moment. Um, and, and that's always better than having, you know, no ways or being booked into a corner. Um, but it does mean that some people are going to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to ha- happen happening to Carmella in our, in our previous match. I think Carmella's just going to get lost in the shuffle. Um, Bianca has to take a step down. She can't be champion all the time. And Becky moves on to her next opponent, which may be Naomi, maybe uh, a returning Sasha Banks. Yeah. We don't really know. But the, the, that that's the beauty here is that we have options for Becky. Uh, we were really beginning to run out of options for Bianca, so it was a good thing they took the title off her. I think the the thing as well when we're just talking about uh, options and stuff like that, the reason I bring up specifically the phrasing lost in the shuffle uh, is that we are only a little bit away from uh, our next draft and and shuffling up these rosters as well. So everything that we've listed and all of this momentum that a bunch of people have built could be could be going down the drain, uh, or they could get the absolute boost of their life as they switch brands. Um, the the future is a bit up in the air for everybody at the moment. Yeah, I think the only people that's not that's kind of for sure not to change brands are the. Two world champions. I don't see a point in switching the brand, the world championships again. And I don't think we'll see a tag, a tag team switch either. This, like we did last time either. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I could legitimately, I could honestly, I could see Charlotte and Becky, Becky flipping brands. Yeah. That would also be another way to get Charlotte another title ring without actually having to put her <laughs> over somebody. <laughs> no, we don't want um, that. <laughs> uh, but I think we, I think the draft definitely brings a, an element of unexpectedness. We um, and some giddiness and what potential feuds we might get. Hmm. Well, you list there that Charlotte Flair might end up swapping uh, with Becky Lynch to switch the the women's championships. Well, the big question, will Charlotte Flair make it to the draft as women's champion? Because standing between her and that is Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that's one big reason I didn't really go full throttle in that potential. Because I actually think Alexa wins the title here. <laughs> How about Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss swapping brands? I think it would be more fun for Becky and Charlotte to flip brands. But yeah, if Alexa is the champion, she would have to flip the brand. But uh, with with Becky, if they were to do that. But honestly, if Alexa wins, Becky's staying put. Hmm. The the women's championship flipping brands only works if Charlotte's still the champion. And I guess the the point you mentioned it early there was that you believe Alexa Bliss is actually going to win here. Yes, I do. Uh, scary demon witch lady. It's it's always hard to bet against her. Yeah, the thing is they've been toning it down hmm. of late. Uh, so, and I I just think it's time Bliss got something. 
Mm-hmm. Especially since her partner in crime was never going to come back. At least not anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, let's give her a little, uh, a title reign. And we can slowly begin the process of transitioning her out of this character. Yeah, she's definitely become less magical and more mind games. Um, and yeah... I am all for it, mainly because it gets us closer to that Nikki versus Alexa Bliss storyline. But Nikki's kind of got herself a little, a little busy anyway. Eh, something to do with the, without the title. Hmm. I mean, she just swapped it for a different title. That's true. <laughs> um, Locked her up for a little while. Yeah, so it should be fun watching all this play out. And as you said, the draft is coming up in a couple weeks. Everything that we expect, completely thrown out the window. Yeah. We don't know what the state of the women's division for Raw is going to be, for SmackDown. We don't know... Uh, we don't really know anything other than these are the kind of directions that we think they're going at this point for the next event, which we won't name. <laughs> Except for one thing we know is going to happen, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we got a couple more matches still to get through. Uh, the the first extreme match, nah, we'll leave that. SmackDown Tag Team Championships, Usos, Street Profits. Only because I think this one's going to be a quick and easy chat. Uh, well, maybe it's not going to be a quick and easy chat. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure on this one, actually. Okay. My my gut says, uh, says the Usos retain. My head says... This is the first crack in the bloodline. Gotcha. And the Street Profit win. But I'm going to err closer to my gut here and say the Usos barely retain, either via a disqualification again, or they just, they or they steal the championship, steal the match somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I will not be surprised if the Street Profits walk out with the championships. Fair. I, I, yeah, I personally believe Usos will probably retain here, but as you say, not, not entirely surprised if it swings the other way. Just not a, not a prediction in that direction. Uh, and then as of time of recording, we have two extreme rules, uh, kind of stipulation matches. The first of which, though, is just a triple threat match for the United States Championship. Damian Priest will be defending against both Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. This should be a really good match. Since it's triple threat, that means anything goes. That means that our big brute Sheamus gets to really have fun for this match. Jeff probably will pull out a ladder, do something crazy with it. And in the end, the archer will nail nail his target and win another match and retain his title. So we're going with Damian Priest for the win then? Yeah. Makes a whole lot of sense. Um, he's been he's been getting a whole lot of momentum lately. It gets the Seamus monkey off his back, but having Jeff Hardy in here also, as you say, makes it a anything goes match with the triple threat, uh, which is an added bonus given you know the stipulation of the pay per view. Uh, and then lastly, our last match announced uh, as of time of recording, an Extreme Rules match for the WWE Universal Championship: Roman Reigns versus the Demon. Finn Bella. This, I think, is the most interesting match because there's a lot of things they could do out of this match. Uh, 
I mean, as we've said over and over and over again, the demon is undefeated on the main roster. Reigns has been just dominating for the last year. Could we see Finn Balor win the title? Yes, we could. Uh, it's very under, it's definitely in the cards. Especially if a certain lumberjack decides to get involved in the match. Uh, we could definitely see the demon, uh, take a, take the title. Will mm-hmm. um, we? I'm going to say there's a, probably a 75% chance we won't see it. 75-25? More or less. Um, it's more I than think, a Dolph Ziggler's chance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Roman keeps the title a little bit longer, but if they do want to pull the title off him, Finn's not a bad choice. And we definitely have, like, a ready-made storyline element to cause the downfall, the the loss of the title. Mm-hmm. With the announcement of the main event of a certain show. The October show. Yeah, um, um, yeah it, it does. I don't know if it puts you in a corner necessarily, but it does mean that, you know, that's the match. Uh, and the question is, well, is Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns the match, or is Brock Lesnar versus the Universal Champion the match? And honestly, the answer with the way Brock Lesnar generally works is both. Um, and that kind of does necessitate the demon taking a loss here. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, but it, I don't think, really, they could just say, all right, uh, he cost Roman the title. Roman wants his revenge before trying to get the title back from the from Finn. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they blow that match off and they do whatever, uh, and that it keeps the title away from Brock, and maybe Finn can do some stuff with it for a little while. You see, I've just got Reigns winning at the October show. <laughs> That's how I keep the title off Brock. Cause please. Um, so yeah, that, that's all the matches that we have announced. Um, at the moment, obviously there'll probably be some, uh, some SmackDown matches, uh, that get announced, maybe an intercontinental title match. Um, we, we still have no, uh, at the time, WWE championship match, you know, Biggie having just won it, just having his match, um, with with Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns in a triple threat on Raw, uh, in an amazing match, you know after the the three v three didn't work out with the Bloodline of the New Day, it, it seems as though he's in a little bit of flux. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they just announced a Biggie Bobby Lashley uh, rematch for Extreme Rules at sort of short notice either. Yeah, I could see that, or I could see them maybe wanting to build a proper match hmm. and just not have a Biggie defend it at all um, at this event and just have him versus Lashley at October event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't see anybody else getting a random shot. It really is either no WWE Championship match or Big E versus Bobby Lashley. Um, and ultimately that does bring up the question, you know, usually there is more than six matches on a card. Um, how are we going to fit around all of this is... Is this going to be it? Is there going to be some extra ones that we're not going to expect? Because to be fair, Liv Morgan versus Carmella, we probably wouldn't have predicted to put on the card either, to be fair. 
Yeah, but with this event here, this particular event, it historically doesn't have a lot of matches. Mm. Um, I know last year's only had seven, but that's because one match went like 45 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I guess. So I, I, there's got to be at least a couple more, right? Like, this six isn't a pay-per-view on its own. It is, it's lacking something. Um, and usually if we're talking about a WWE Championship match being left off of the pay-per-view, then usually you've got some sort of big match to replace it, and the only non-title match on the card at the moment is Liv Morgan versus Carmella. Um, like, usually we'd be sitting here sort of fighting for what's, what is the main event? What's going to go on last? What's the big match? And at the moment it's Reigns versus Balor, uh, hands down, no question. Because um, as much as I love the two women's championship feuds that we've got coming into it, neither of them are nearly as high profile at the moment as the Bloodline and the Roman Reigns stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, uh, the reason I said that historically this doesn't have a lot of it is it either has twelve matches or seven. <laughs> uh, it's there's no in between. In the last uh. five years, it's been three times they've had six or seven matches. Two times they've had 12. So, yeah. expecting another match, uh, you might end up getting your expectations dashed. <laughs> That's fair. Well, that is, uh, that is the extreme side of the show. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, we will, we will go into our entrance theme and then when we come out the other end, we will chat about NXT, uh, to fill up the last maybe eight minutes of the show uh and this week for our entrance theme josh has selected none other than sabu to celebrate the extreme nature of this pay-per-view that is coming up next weekend On Free FM, RFM, and NPR. I'm Grady. He's Josh. NXT. Uh, where to start? We had a title change. Let's start off with the title change. Uh, Cruiserweight Championship was on the line, and uh, title title changed hands. Diamond Mine uh, raising their first uh, victory, the first gold around their waist. Yeah. Um, how do the first person after the ex ex Explosion of the uh, Undisputed Era, the Get Gold, <laughs> would be Roderick Strong. Yeah, it wouldn't be a prediction. Yeah. Um, yeah, what can we say? Uh, it was a good match. 
Uh, I don't care for the Riserway title. <laughs> Oof. Uh, I mean, I don't think WWE cares about the Riserway title that much. Uh, I do hope that something big does come along the line for Kushida, because Kushida's heck of an entertainer. Um, heck, I'd even settle for a tag team with Nakamura. Hmm. Uh, but I just, I think if it is, they do need to do some stuff with the Diamond Mines. I mean, they had all those promos for weeks and weeks about it. Came out this group. Now they have a title. And so they can continue to grow stronger and stronger. And to be fair, the brothers, uh, might not be far from capturing tag team gold either. Um, We'll have to we'll have to see what happens in that tag team division to whether they're going to be walking with four titles, sorry, three titles uh, around their waist or not. Uh, where else to grab? There's just so much stuff. Uh, the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Uh, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark had been sitting pretty a little bit. Uh, title defense here and there. And uh, Mandy Rose's little faction, since she has come back down to NXT, called Toxic Attraction, uh, also featuring JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, have laid the challenge down. They are next for a shot at the titles. Yeah, uh, very interesting. It, it's interesting to see how they're using Mandy in this role to get Gigi and JC over mm-hmm. uh, with this group uh because Mandy's already a known proper uh commodity mm-hmm. uh i i'd be down for it i'd be down for these three ladies having that gold yeah it, i think it is honestly my preference out of the two if you put toxic attraction next to to stark and shirai i'd, I'd take toxic attraction i think they can do a lot with those belts um Whereas Stark and Shirai, the current storyline was like, you know, could they work together, could they not? But they've had a lot of time off of TV. They've lost a lot of momentum going with what they were trying to do. Um, whereas for me personally, watching NXT each week, Toxic Attraction uh, is a high point. Uh, so my preference goes that way. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely down for that. Uh, I also think I've heard, um, I do think, if it's not them, Shirai and Stark won't keep the titles for much longer. Because mm-hmm. I, I always viewed them as like an intermediary champion. They weren't going to keep it long, mainly because of uh, Io. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Io's a bit too big of a name to just slap in this tag team for longer than a couple months. You you either have to bring her to Raw or SmackDown in the draft. Or you release her and let her go back to Japan. Hmm. Uh, but I, I and that's I, and I actually do expect her to get drafted into uh, Raw or SmackDown at the draft, mm-hmm. which I, I think is another reason why I'm all for Toxic Attraction to get the titles. Look, anything that that leads to to you agreeing with me and letting Toxic Attraction hold the titles, I'm going to agree with. So. Uh, perfectly fine with Io Shirai heading up to that main roster. Um, we would be remiss to not talk about the main event scene. Uh, we've got maybe four minutes left in the show. Uh, 
Tommaso Ciampa, you know, he picked up the, the NXT Championship last week. He's got a list of people uh, standing behind him that want a shot. Uh, the first two to try to make a break at that were, uh, were Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland. Um, and they ended up instead with a tag team match against Tommaso Ciampa and the rookie Bron Brecker um, in, a, in a pretty decent tag team main event. Yeah, um, I think they're doing they're doing wonders in bringing Ron in and getting him more known to the audience. Uh, Champa is fantastic. You, there's like no list of things that you can't say about Champa. <laughs> um, Dunn and Rahalan are great, especially Dunn. Uh, so yeah, this is all about building that rookie. Who has the pedigree? Rick was a great wrestler back in the day. Mm-hmm. He was just a tag team specialist. His uncle was fan- was uh, good on the mic, and before the the um, a certain thing, <laughs> he was great in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he lost his mind along the way. Um, yeah, we don't talk and about. And started it doing some weird math. Um, so I, I understand. I also understand why WWE does not want it mentioned yeah. that he's Rick's uh, son. Because there's a lot of baggage with that Steiner name. It's a dangerous um, name. I am definitely yeah. not against them doing the rename here. I think yeah. it works out well for the guy. Yeah. The, and it also allows him to do his own thing and rate and become his own uh, a star based on his own merits mm-hmm. rather than because his daddy had a name. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Cody Rhodes. Oof. Oof. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to ignore that jab and just talk, I guess, about the finish of the match because Kyle O'Reilly, uh, who last week got beat up by Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland, came back for his revenge, seemingly uh, setting up a nice little Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne match. Uh either at the next takeover or coming along, that's their feud heading forward with Ridge Holland sitting around as the enforcer. Yeah, it'll definitely be see- wonderful, interesting seeing how everything shakes out and who ends up being Champa's first opponent as the new NXT champion. And then whoever that doesn't, then you get all these other people in this storyline mm. that could have an interesting match. Or interesting series of matches. I mean, you have Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne. Potentially a match of the year candidate. Yeah. And then you could put Holland and Braun Breaker in a match. It wouldn't be a match of the year like Dunne and Riley, But it would give you something towards like the older style fans that want to see big, strong guys just go at it. Slap meat, like Biggie said. <laughs> Big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> yeah. So, and that would be just a perfect way to, like, contrast that match. And and further advance Braun the, uh, on up the, the ranks. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well, that is all the time we have this week uh, to talk about Extreme Rules and NXT. Uh, it's been great talking to you. Bye, B.
You can visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash wrestling R-N-D up, or our Twitter page, twitter.com forward slash wrestling R-N-D up, or our YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash wrestling R-N-D up, and we will see you next week with the results from Extreme Rules. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.